I'm here at uh, Casual Connect, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Hal Barwood. I'm a game developer. I'm a writer and designer. I've been in the game business for about 20 years. Uh, before that, I was a uh, screenwriter in Hollywood and a movie producer. And um, I followed my true love eventually and uh, became a game writer and designer. Okay, and um, so you focus then mainly on the writing instead of the design of games, or is it both? Actually, I do both. I've done a lot of designing and a lot of writing, and they're slightly separate tasks. Designing is different from writing. And, you know, what is the difference in your mind uh, between designing and writing? Well, as a designer, I focus on gameplay, I focus on mechanics, I focus on the power-ups and the sequences and all that sort of thing. All single-player games, by the way, I don't do multiplayer stuff. And as a writer, I try to figure out a way that we can attach a fictional component to the mechanics in a way that you get to play a story. And so what can the writing then do for a game? I mean, have you seen this firsthand? Does it amplify the experience? What does it do? I'll give you an example. Uh, A few years ago, there were two games that uh, hit the marketplace. One was called Call of Duty, a shooter. And another one was called Medal of Honor Rising Sun, another shooter. These are both World War II shooter games. One would think if all one cared about was um, gameplay, that these games would either um, one or the other would take over the marketplace or they would both fail. But instead, they both were successes. And they were successes because they were differentiated solely by the story differences. One of them is set in Europe. That is a story idea to set it somewhere. And one was set in Asia. So that's different. And so from a marketplace point of view, they were distinguished by their narrative content, which was Europe versus Asia. From a gameplay point of view, they were distinguished by the tone. Call of Duty is a gritty, life or death um, horror story with uh, bullets flying everywhere and all your mentors in the game being killed every time they give you any advice. And it's a sort of semi-realistic, scary game. Medal of Honor is an Indiana Jones fantasy where you start as a grunt and become a commando. And those are story ideas. And they distinguish these two otherwise identical games so that they were both successes. That's what story can do for games. So it's really then first picking the right theme, or a theme for your game, and then developing the story around that theme. Right. Those are story ideas. When you, when you, when you take a mechanic and give it some sort of fictional content, you've, you've enlarged the game to include a story. Or a narrative, at least. And, you know, you have gameplay mechanics. Are there specific story mechanics that you, you know, have in your vocabulary that you've used to amplify the story of a game? Well, actually, I try to adapt story to gameplay. I'm, I'm an actual game player, a game designer, and I'm not just a writer who's trying to try to make it in games. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm very conscious of, the, of how a player is an agent in a game, and the story must accommodate that. So I try to find ways that the story can be told through the mechanics that the game has already developed. Okay. Um, so can you give an example of you know, how you've done that in some of the games that you've designed? Uh, here's a stupid idea, okay? Um, one of the things you can do is you can have your main character rescue another character. Sure. And that's a, that, that way you have... Um, the kinds of attachments and, and love-hate relationships that go on between characters um, expressed in gameplay as you try as one of the characters to get another one out of trouble. And what about tempo and timing of the story? Um, how important is that and how do you balance that to make sure that it progresses in the right way and keeps people engaged? In a linear medium like movies or a book or a TV, um, one, of the ki- one of the prime things you must learn to do is to put one event in front of another 
And as a storyteller, you must know which event is more important to go first. In a game, that's not so important. You know, the, the, the player might decide that uh, event A will precede event B. Someone else might want B to go first. Yeah. And if you're a good writer in a, in a game, you'll let either one happen. Um, but what you try to do is to collect all these uh, ideas into some unified form that eventually plays out in, in some way that's partly dictated by the player and partly dictated by the limitations of the technology. And what about, uh, should it be passive storytelling, active storytelling? Should there be a guide or a mentor that kind of walks you through, you know, you as the agent, you as the player, as you go through the experience or the RPG, do you have some other character kind of in the background guiding you, telling you what's going on? How does that work? What's the best way to do that? I think there is no best, single best way. It depends on what kind of game you're doing. Uh, obviously, in a real-time strategy game, you're not going to have characters who are your mentors. And in a character adventure game or a um, RPG, you might very well have a character who's got some magical insight into the real nature of the game and becomes your mentor. That happens, for example, in the previous example I used, Call of Duty, where there's a series, series of mentors that guide you through the game. Um, that's very commonly done, and I think that's a good system. Um, and aside from mentors, is there anything else that, say, an uh, indie game developer can use to make their or enhance their RPG story experience? Well, people like mechanics, and uh, often people think that the mechanics are what sell games. But I'm here to tell you that's really not true. Almost every game uh, has a mechanic which is shared by another game. And what differentiates your games is some kind of narrative concept. Now, it may not be a full-fledged story. It might just be a series of missions. It might just be a chronicle. But some sense of purpose and function that is larger than the mechanics is necessary to make a game interesting. And you know, you talk about missions. Um, is there a special design or story narrative or skill that you need to do to develop or design pop, you know, proper missions in RPGs or something else like that? Well, I'm not very fond of FedEx quests, as they're called in RPGs, that's for sure. Um, I think that in mission games, what you're really talking about is a series of requirements of the game to succeed that don't depend on your inner motivation. There are, there are assignments. So you have to understand that the characters in that game don't have any particular involvement. And the danger, as a writer, is that you're going to wind up with a bunch of barks. You're going to wind up with people who either, um, you know, express their um, unhappiness or their displeasure. And it's really just a bunch of um, uh, mood swings. That's not very interesting from a character point of view. So I don't really like to do them very much. But at least if you're doing a mission game, you must understand your limitations and try to inject some personality into all that. And uh, so then, what suggestions or advice would you have for indie game developers who are going to write their own story now uh, for their own game um, in terms of choosing the right story, tempo, timing, anything else that you well, feel is important? Well, I think that um, game designers and game developers are fond of thinking of writers as ignorant um, outsiders used to a linear medium. But I'm here to tell you that uh, people have been doing uh, storytelling for several thousand years. It's a very highly evolved art with a lot of special skills. And it would be worth your while to learn some of those skills. Instead of just being caught in the little um, uh, cocoon that you live in as a, as a game player. Learn about the larger world. And there are some books you can read. And I'll give you two names. Uh, most of these books are terrible, by the way. Don't read Story by McKee or any of those crappy uh, Hollywood stories. But it is worth understanding that a game, even though you're the player agent, 
it's drama. Okay. It, so it's akin to theater and it's akin to movies and it's not really very much connected to novels. Okay. Um, the inner life doesn't mean anything. Scenes mean everything. Sure. Here's two books. Read Aristotle, Poetics, and understand what the hell he's talking about. And read a book called um, The Art of... Um, uh, uh, um, what is it called? The... the uh, is it the art of drama? Anyway, Lajos Egri's book, E-G-R-I. Lajos is spelled L-A-J-O-S. He's a Hungarian guy. He wrote a, a wonderful book about theater writing. And it's the best book on writing that I know of that's not 2,000 years old. And do you then focus on twists? Do you think then twists are very important for um, storytelling in games? Uh, we call those things uh, reversals of fortune yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in the jargon of writing. And yes, I very much believe in those things. You should do one or two in your game. And what story, what game story has really, you know, compelled you or inspired you? Um, uh, well, you know, I don't want to talk about the games that I've made because the ones that I'm, my favorites are all the ones that I did. Okay. But uh, I'll give you an example of a console game that uh, happened a few years ago for PS2 that I fell in love with. It's called Ico, I-C-O. And um, it's by, um, uh, it's a Japanese bunch of guys. Uh, you, uh, Fumo Ueda is the project leader, the same guy who did uh, Shadow of Colossus. Sure. And this is a wonderful story game in which... Um, it's a constant rescue. You're, you are this young guy, uh, 10 years old. You're rescuing a 12-year-old princess. And there is no language at all in this story. Even the language that they speak is nonsense. And the characters on the screen that you see are, are gibberish. And yet it's the most powerful story that I can think of in modern times. Thank you very much.